0: You're listening to the Mama Is Well podcast, where women share their stories about motherhood, pregnancy, birth, and womanhood. I'm your host, Joanna Penn. Thank you for joining me. On today's episode, Rebecca tells us about birthing her three children at home in California, with her last birth being a free birth. She also discusses her breastfeeding struggles and journeys. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the Mama is Well podcast. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. So um, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and your family? Yeah,
1: okay. So I am a mum of three kids. I'm Aussie, as you can hear, um and but we live in California. So we have lived here um on and off since 2012. Um we've moved back home and come back. Um we just love it here and, and so I'm married to an Aussie. We've got two girls and a boy. Um and we just try to live a really natural lifestyle and um yeah, that's that's a, us in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> oh, great. Okay, so um, why don't you tell us about the birth of your um, your oldest child, your first daughter? Um, sure, so my oldest yeah. daughter,
1: yeah, she is she's going to be seven in June, and yeah. um, her name is Caprice. And uh, so when I was pregnant with Caprice, she, uh, I, you know, didn't know a lot about much at all to do with birth, but Mm -hmm. um, I knew that I wanted a natural birth. I knew that birth was a natural thing. It wasn't a medical condition and I didn't want to feel like I was treated like it was. Um, And so I started, we had just recently moved to San Diego and I had, I was starting to look into OBGYNs and we were new to the area. So we were getting kind of uh, recommendations from people from my husband's work and something instinctually inside of me was just telling me don't go the hospital route just do it at home and I had never even been exposed to anyone who had done a home birth so it it really just kind of came out of nowhere and it was just this feeling that was mustering up inside of me to explore and so I I I told my husband and I started exploring it and he was a bit nervous but he said well you know you got to do what you want and I'm the type of person I'm like it's my birth I'm going to do what I want Anyway, so um, I just, I went and visited um, a a midwife and I had read her website and I just loved the sound of her. And again, I didn't have any recommendations for anything to do with home birth because I didn't know anyone who had done it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was lucky enough to meet this midwife and I just fell in love with her she was beautiful and she said you know you go and interview other midwives there's other midwives that are amazing in this area and then you know you want to just make sure that you're really comfortable with who you pick and Mm -hmm. I just walked out of there just going no she's the one um so I chose her and and so my birth experience like my prenatal and birth experience with her was just incredible um she was so caring and nurturing the whole time it was very focused on like making sure i got the birth i wanted and honoring um, me and and what i wanted out of the whole experience which was beautiful um and and, but my labor was really really long so my labor ended up being 65 hours from start to finish um so the two days prior to really getting into heavy active labor um were just tough they were just it was like continuous consistent contractions but not really progressing um Mm -hmm. and I look back now and and I just think I'm so grateful that I had a midwife who just like surrounded me with love and and just knew that everything was okay but for whatever reason she was taking a little longer because had I been in the system I probably would have gone in and they would have wanted to hook me up to Pitocin and you know, yeah. that would have just led to other um, interventions that I didn't necessarily want or mm-hmm. I didn't even need, um, but just to speed right. things along. And right. so um, it was hard. It was three days of hard. It felt hard. And, and the, the last day, the day she was born, I was in active labour for 10 hours, transition wow. for four hours, just like on top of each other, contractions oh going on, one after mm-hmm. the other, just intense and um mm. you know but i, I had my mum there and she was really she had her concerns which she didn't share until after i'd given birth but she said after you know you were always talking about having this really peaceful gentle birth and here i am thinking in my head oh you know jesse wait you don't know if you're going to be like that and but she said she was really impressed because i was really quite calm the whole time um it was hard it was like a marathon but Um, I really, really wanted to honour myself and, like, just rolling with it. And it was exhausting and it was hard work, but it was still a beautiful experience. And Mm -hmm. um, pushing her out was rough. (laughs) I guess first baby is probably more like that. And nothing down there has stretched that big before. So (laughs) I I pushed for 55 minutes and it was just intense. But, um, you know, she came out in the water and it was just, like, euphoric and i just i just loved that experience so much and i remember you know they always say you potentially get the baby blues three days after and i did but the baby blues weren't what i was expecting it was more um it was more that i was grieving labor being over which was a really really weird feeling like i was like why am i so upset about wanting to like about my whole birth experience being over. I want to go back and do it again. And my mom's like, you're crazy. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but wow, I, just, okay. I just developed this love for birth, like such a respect and, um, yeah, just a love for the whole experience. I loved working yeah. so hard for my baby mm-hmm. and getting the best gift out of it. And Yeah. Right. Um, so I was very excited um to be able to yeah. go again.
0: <laughs> I, I I mean, I've never heard it, it described like that before, but um I can I can imagine that feeling. I mean, I wouldn't say that I had it, but um feeling like you're like you're a superwoman, right? Yeah. After you you did that, especially your long labor. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Yeah.
1: Very feeling. empowering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll and women it. like they can birth however they want wherever they want but mm-hmm. when their birth is honored and 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 they are honored in the whole process and and they and they are able to uh, feel empowered to have the birth that they want with people supporting that those decisions around them like you feel so empowered and that could even mean a c-section for someone who has to have it but you can have gentle c-sections where you know um doctors are honoring the the mother wanting to see the baby come out and and have the cord stay attached you know yeah. uh, until it stops pulsating and and having chest you know skin to skin straight away and and that can still feel really really empowering it doesn't have to be a home birth but um when a woman gets to have the birth that she wants and desires and and have um feel respected in that in that place um yeah. it's really empowering
0: definitely for sure Okay, so um tell us about um Haven. So Haven, yeah.
1: So she um so I was really excited to go again and I had an awful pregnancy like I was so sick oh, and okay. um and it, and you know it it I was fine after probably the the mid mid second trimester it kind of got better. Um okay. But I, so Caprice was born like a day after her due date. So I was not expecting that I would go so late with Haven. So Haven was interesting. Um, Originally my due date, I guess, was calculated wrong. I knew when I had ovulated, but uh, my midwife, um, we went back to the same midwife and she calculated it for my last period. So Mm -hmm. as I'm like getting closer to 40 weeks, um, they're Kind of just asking, do you want to be checked? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, check, see what's happening down there. Mm-hmm. And they were like, mm, you just don't seem close at all. And I was like, oh, what? And so then I went. I was like, ten days over my an estimated due date that they had originally given me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, why why nothing is looking ripe and ready to move towards labor. Mm-hmm. And um, I started getting a little bit anxious in that time because in California, the law is that if a a midwife can only be at your birth up to 42 weeks, and after that, they're not legally allowed to be there. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they were like, you know, we just want to make sure that you feel supported in this and that the baby comes before 42 weeks so we can be there and so yeah. I was starting to feel a little bit anxious and then she said you know you're just not even looking like you're even at your due date yet so let's go back and look at dates and then we realized that it was calculated wrong and I knew when I had ovulated because I was tracking and so on that day I wasn't even due for another two days so I had felt okay. like I was almost two weeks over yeah. and I wasn't even due yet <laughs> oh. so that was like but it was only two
0: days. Oh, I was okay. only,
1: I was only two days out from my estimated due date from my okay, ovulation date. So not then, 10, not 10. Okay, no, that's a big
0: difference. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So
1: I was, you know, mentally, I was thinking I was almost two weeks over, but yeah. I wasn't even at my due date yet. So it was like, okay. gosh, now I'm back to just being at 40 weeks again. And then right. she went 10 days over that date. Um, okay. And. So I was preparing, you know, every day when she didn't come. I was like, come Mm. on, baby, what's going on? Um, And, you know, I struggled with surrendering because I was like, okay, I want my midwives here, but I also was preparing myself. Like if I go over 42 Mm. weeks, I'm not going to um, go to the hospital. I'm I'm, I'm going Mm. to stay at home and I'm going to give birth myself. So mentally I was already preparing for that outcome. Okay. Um, and then she came, you know, like maybe four or four days or five days before my my uh, forty-two week mark. And so my midwives were there, and but it was much more hands off at um, that time. Um, they, you know, did their things that they had to do, checking the um, heartbeat, and all of that um but I just I knew what I needed to do and I felt a lot more in my power second time around Um, trusted my body so much more um and that was an incredible birth I literally was in labor probably my biggest fear was going as long as I did the first time Um, but the whole labor was 15 hours and then it was only three hours of really hard labor so I was actually chatty and You know, friends were coming and seeing me that morning. I I got my midwife to check me. I was like, I'm interested to see how dilated I am. And I was nine centimetres. And I just didn't even realise that I had got to nine centimetres that easily um, because very different to the first experience. Um, And so, but the the real work was nine centimetres to pushing. And that was three hours of intense, like just focused. No one talked to me um, in my zone. And, um, anyway, uh, you know, when I started, my, my waters broke, um, right before I started getting the urge to push and, um, very different to Caprice's experience. I did not need to push at all. Like I had the fetal ejection reflex all out. And so I was like, in the pool, just like what is happening, like her head is coming down, and there's nothing I can do to stop it. Like I don't even need a push right now. It's just my body is doing it itself. Um, wow. and I just had to breathe, and I just breathed her on out, and it was incredible. I I said I want to catch my own baby this time. I want to do it myself, and so I was in the the pool, and her head was out for a little while, and I'm feeling her head with my hands and touching her hair, and then. She comes out and I pull her up and onto my chest, and it was just the most amazing experience. Again, I was like, I don't, I didn't know how it could get better, but it did. Wow. (laughs) And again, I just felt so empowered. Um, And then, of course, going into my third was that that experience was probably what catapulted me into wanting to do it alone, no assistance.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah. So, take, um, well, I should ask first. Um, how was postpartum with um with your girls? Like your few months, I would say, postpartum, even though they say postpartum is forever. Yeah. How was yeah. for you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so with my first, my mom was with me for a month, which was such a blessing. Um we had we had a lot. I was. I felt good. I, I recovered quickly. Um, mentally, I felt good, but I had a lot of breastfeeding issues, and I think that's okay. what took a toll on me mentally. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, she had a tongue and lip tie that we no one found. Like I had to see multiple multiple people before one lactation consultant found it when she was six weeks old. But by then, um, I had been using a nipple shield incorrectly. No one had shown me how to put put it on so it sucked in the areola um and so she was attached to me 24 hours a day um yeah. and I would feel my letdowns but like she would hardly get any milk but I didn't know this and so we didn't understand why yeah. she was screaming if I tried to take her off my boob for even 10 minutes oh, um yeah. and so it was very stressful um yeah. uh not knowing what was wrong and everyone was saying she was fine and that she was feeding great um, and then realising at six weeks, no, she's actually, we did a weigh feed. So I weighed her, then fed her on each side and, and weighed again. And from my left side, she was getting like one ounce in 15 minutes. And from my right, she was getting not even a half of an ounce in 15 okay. minutes. So um, mm-hmm. my lactation consultant said, we've got to get this fixed now. And then you're going to have to work on building your supply back up because it had um really, it hadn't established to where it needed to be, it had established lower. So, okay. um, I got those the tongue and lip tie corrected like two days later. Um, and she was able to latch well without the nipple shield, which was awesome. I've heard people struggle to get their babies off of the nipple shield, but we did mm-hmm. fine. She latched great, but um, keeping my supply up was really challenging. Um, and I tried absolutely everything and i was just pumping around the clock to try and build it up using all sorts of herbs and things like that to try and increase um supply and eventually i just um i gave i didn't give up but i I just i i let my guard down and i said to my lactation consultant like i've read about a medication and i don't even take any medicine myself but if this can help me increase my supply like do you think i could do this and she said yes you've tried everything like as a last resort i do recommend mm-hmm. this um and so she said just help it to increase your supply and then you can wean off of it so okay. i did that i got on it but as every time i tried to wean off it completely my supply would just dry up so i had to stay on it the entire time we breastfed which we only fed for a year because then two weeks after her first birthday, I couldn't get any more of the medication in time. And I just dried up in an instant. It was really, really tough. So that was definitely cut short. And it was not something that I was ready for. And she wasn't. And that was really hard mentally, I think. Um, But everything else in my postpartum was great. It was just the breastfeeding issues. And, you know, people that have had breastfeeding issues, you understand how challenging that is and how hard it is especially when you want so badly to be able to do it
0: yeah yeah, Um, for sure
1: and yeah and then with haven um my postpartum was amazing for the first seven weeks um we just i was in bliss she was feeding well um she also had a tongue and lip tie but i caught it straight away so we got it corrected at five days old and she was just yeah i know i knew what to look for and i was like i'm not even getting someone to diagnose this i'm just getting it fixed (laughs) um and everything was great she was feeding well and then we moved back to australia when she was seven weeks old um and we moved in with family which was really hard and i think probably looking back now like i should not have uprooted our life that soon postpartum because i ended up developing severe postpartum anxiety and um and then my letdowns stopped altogether so then i was back in a situation where breastfeeding was not working for me again Mm. and it was the most difficult awful Thing that I have ever experienced and yeah. walked through, i I was. I've always been so adamant and desperate to have that bond and that, be able to breastfeed my children, um, and so I learned how to hand express because the pump was not. I, I wasn't getting a letdown, so nothing was coming out in the pump. Oh. So yeah. again, my. Um, I had to force milk out without it letting down and shooting out. So I had to again get on the medication and give myself an oversupply so take a lot of the pills per day to oversupply um so that i could force milk out with my hands um and while i was trying to figure out with naturopaths and other holistic doctors like what the root cause of my anxiety was because i knew that that was what was messing with my letdowns Yeah, yeah so i was sorting through my health and my letdowns did eventually come back but by that time haven was just completely off me she had no interest in feeding from the breast even if i had a fast letdown coming i would try and latch her and she'd latch for a few seconds and then she just wouldn't be interested she just wanted the Mm. bottle and that was the hardest thing to feel rejected by your baby um and not and not be able to feed her yourself but Mm. i hand expressed for her until she was 16 months so she had breast milk until she was 16 months that's great um a lot of hard work
0: right yeah it
1: was a lot of hard work and it was uh, mentally again the um the pills were not good for my hormones you know they they messed up my natural hormone balance and so Mm -hmm. I knew at 16 months I thought I could keep going but I'm I'm suffering big time from them Mm -hmm. um so I knew that I needed to to stop them and I knew that by that time I would I would dry up, which it did happen again. I, 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 hand expressed as much as I could until I naturally dried up. Um, yeah. and yeah, so that was, that was tough. And it, it was something that really weighed on me every single day. Um, and it was very hard to walk through, but I look back now and, you know, it's made me stronger. It's, Taught me a lot of lessons, um and it—that's just her journey. And I, I mean, I look at Haven now and how strong-willed she is, and I'm like, no wonder she didn't want to feed from me. Because when she makes a decision, that's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> even as a baby, <laughs> she was like that. So it doesn't yep. surprise me that she didn't want a, a bar of my boob.
0: <laughs> yeah, they—they don't change some aspects, no. <laughs> right? Yep, yep. I get yeah. that. Okay. So take us to um, your son, your pregnancy. How was that? Yeah, so um, Haven has been our most challenging child. So actually,
1: going for a third, we always wanted more than two. But I got to the point where I thought, I don't want to have another child. This is really mm-hmm. challenging. Um, but we still had a really big desire to have more than two children, and you know, we would have liked to have a boy. And so um, we knew that there was no guarantee, and it was a risk right. to try and not get one. But um, we finally decided that we would try and you know we did all the um wives tales ways of trying to get a boy <laughs> Okay. and it worked out
0: because we got one <laughs> okay that's that'd be another podcast that's interesting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know that yeah. um I can't say that it's gonna work for everyone but it worked for us right. thank you okay. lord I, th- I don't know
1: if like God was just like you need a boy because I know how badly you want one so yeah. um so yeah so I got pregnant and um honestly he was he was even harder his pregnancy was harder than Haven I was sick from from about um Five or six weeks to the day that I gave birth, like nauseous oh, severe nausea the entire time. Okay. um, and just it was it was really rough, especially having two other kids. So you know, I just had to kept, keep reminding myself like this is going to be worth it. This is going to be worth mm-hmm. it. This baby boy is meant to be in our lives. but I'll be honest, like nine months of severe sickness, and I, I don't even know how women with h g do it um. Yeah. Hypomesis gravidarium or whatever it is. I've got a friend mm-hmm. who was hospitalized with that and I just I can't even imagine. So um oh. I definitely didn't have it that badly, but it's still, it's just every you know, everyone has their own struggles and it was hard for me and I didn't enjoy it, mm-hmm. but you know, I was so excited to have a baby. So yeah. uh, when we decided to go for a sec a third, um, and I found out I was pregnant, um I just, I just knew instinctually. I was like, I'm just going to free birth this baby. I'm just, I don't want, I don't want anyone doing it for me. I don't want anyone checking me or the baby. Um, mm. I just felt really in tune with myself and um, enough that I felt really confident to be able to do it myself. Um, I knew that I would. I, I, I feel like I am in tune enough with my body that I would know if there was something wrong something that Mm -hmm. warranted being you know transferring myself to the hospital or whatever um and I I I did actually reach out to my midwife who is here in Southern California and Mm -hmm. I did say to her you know like I went and saw her once and I said can I just have you on call if I need and she was fine with that um and that made my husband feel a bit better but he was also like you know what babe I feel like this is just A natural progression for you this is just you and your radical ways but I love it and you know he was really confident in it as well so um it just felt really right and really good and um so I just researched a lot in my pregnancy like what are the things I need to know and um I listened to a lot of podcasts of other women who had free birth so that I could get an idea of all the different situations and things that could happen and how they handled them and still free birthed and and the more I listened to these things, the more empowered I felt. I was very excited about it.
0: Yeah. So did anticipating. You... Uh-huh. Sorry. I was gonna All say, right. did no, you see not... um, anyone for like a traditional prenatal care, or did you do your own like
1: care? Did or how did own... that look? I <laughs> <laughs> I it was almost completely wild pregnancy. So okay. I went to my midwife once and um she said, Do you want to get bloods done? And I was like, mm, not really. And um And then we were trying to figure out dating and there were a few things that weren't lining up. And so I was a bit concerned, not concerned, more just like I wanted to feel prepared for when the estimated time that he would be coming was. And Mm -hmm. we couldn't pinpoint it based on dates and all of that. Um, And so I was originally not going to get any scans, but I ended up getting one at 20 weeks um, Mm -hmm. because I just I wanted them to tell me what he was measuring at and just give me their estimation. And um, I don't regret that as, as much as I was wanting to just have a completely wild pregnancy. I'm, I'm really glad I did because it, it just calmed some anxiety around like, well, when am I preparing for this baby to potentially come into the world? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the reason that there was confusion was because when we thought that we conceived, I actually thought I got a period. And so I thought I wasn't mm-hmm. pregnant. But okay. I, I think looking back, it actually was implantation bleeding, but it was a little bit more than what I'd experienced in previous pregnancies. And so I thought it was okay. a period, just a really yeah. light period. Um, but it ended oh, up being okay. that I was, yeah, so I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I don't know when my last period was and if that was a period or not. And So it was just yeah. some confusion. Um, and okay. I was also measuring really small. And so my midwife was like, I'm just not sure. You're not even measuring at, you know, anywhere near the date that you think you are. So hence the confusion. So the scan actually was the the due date was right around the date I'd originally given myself. So um, that made me feel better. Um, But after that, there was nothing. My midwife said, you can come in anytime you want, but I just didn't feel the need to. Um, And I just really wanted to go into my birth, it being as natural as possible. So um, I had two amazing home birth experiences, but I, I, but, you know, they, as midwives, they do still need to bring in like, um, things just in case of emergency. That's, that's part of, you know, what they bring to your home. And, And while that's very important for people who, you know, want to have midwife assistance, I was like, you know what, I just don't want anything clinicalized in my birth. Yeah. So I just wanted, completely free natural birth like I was just out in the wild back in the days when you didn't have anyone (laughs) doing anything um and so um I had a doula um mainly because she's she was also my photographer she was there with me for Haven's birth and um I just wanted her for extra support because my husband's not that great at massaging my lower back (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He doesn't Sometimes have the minus when it comes to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I had her there, she was taking photos, and then I actually had a friend visiting from Australia who I had hoped would be there for my birth so she could film it. Oh, um nice. and it was the, the day that she was leaving to fly back to Australia, I woke up in Labor and oh. um so it worked out that she was there and she was able to film it. So we just had me and my family and then my doula photographer and my friend filming it, and okay. it was just the best. So woke up at 4 a.m., 4 a.m., with a really deep contraction and, or a deep cramp, and I thought, ooh, that's, you know, radiating around to my back from my front. That's more than just a Braxton Hicks. Um, and so I just laid in bed just. You know, you know when you're anticipating it to happen and it starts happening, you're like, oh yeah. my gosh, is this it? You're waiting for the next one to come. You like can't sleep. are they gonna be but interested? Yeah, no, you you can't sleep. Yeah. No, it's like so exciting. And so yeah. um, I laid in bed for an hour and they just kept coming and I thought, oh my gosh, this is happening today. Um, yeah. so I woke up my husband and I said, Babe, today's the day. And he's like, What? Are you serious? What so do I go into work? And I'm like, No, you do not go into work, just stay with me.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: So um, I woke up my friend and I said, I'm sorry, but I'm in labour today. I think you're going to be here for the birth. And she was so excited. Her flight wasn't until late at night. So it worked out really well. Um, And so it just, you know, we just prepped my room and we had the diffuser going with oils and we put up the birth tub and filled it up and um, called my doula, told her, you know, like, come on over whenever. And mm-hmm. uh, the whole labour was about nine hours. Okay. Um, and for the first few hours, it was really, um, it was, uh, how, do, how do I say, it? It, was, it was quite consistent. So it was, like, really okay. strong contractions and really quite consistent. So I was like, "Oh, this is going to be a fast labour, you know, thinking it's going to yeah. be over in, a, in three hours. So I was, like, telling my doula, like, you need to get over here. Like, this is, they're, like, happening quick. Um, And she got here and then they slightly started slowing down. um, And at the same time, I started feeling really, like, incredibly tired. Like, I had had some food. I'd had a smoothie. So I knew it wasn't just lack of, you know, low blood sugar. But I was just feeling really, really, really exhausted. So I thought, I'm not going to fight this. Um, I'm just going to lay down on my bed and try Mm -hmm. and sleep. And so I did. And my... My contractions slowed down enough that I I would still get them, um, but they were not that intense and I was able to still sleep in between okay. them. And I mm-hmm. think I slept for a good hour and a half, maybe nearly two hours on my bed um, while I was contracting slowly. Um, and then I woke up and I just felt energized again. And It was just like my body was like, you know what? For you to be able oh. to do this yourself, you need yeah. to have the mental and emotional and physical energy, um, right. and so it it just was forcing me to rest before I got into it. Um, and so I woke up energized, and my contractions started picking up again. Quite amazing mm-hmm. how the body can do that. So yeah.
0: Um.
1: Then they started getting really, really intense, and my kids were around, and I was a little bit nervous at first with oh, how's this going to go with Haven. She's a bit of a firecracker, so um, we weren't sure if she would be able to handle the, and how, like, how this, old is the she? atmosphere she's she's four she had just turned okay. four so okay. um you know she she's pretty good she's very compassionate and empathetic naturally so I, I had a feeling she'd be good but then you know if she gets bored she's gonna put up a fight and, and cause a bit of um, chaos if she wants to so I um yeah. there were times that my husband had to like sit with them and draw and keep them busy um but she was amazing she was like a little doula she was rubbing essential oils on my back and giving me massages Aww. and yeah oh she was just so sweet and then my other daughter would um you know hold my hand and kiss me and just having them there so was beautiful. so special um mm-hmm. and so I just, no regrets. Like if anyone listens to this and is like, I don't know if I should have my kids present if you are at home so you can have anyone there that you want. Um, it is the most magical special thing ever having your children, um, see the whole process and be a part mm-hmm. of it and see how their sibling comes to be on the earth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and
0: mm-hmm. I,
1: I didn't have Caprice at Haven's birth. She was only two and, I just wasn't feeling like I wanted her there. Um, not for any other reason other than I wanted to just—I didn't want the distraction, and I didn't know how distracting she would be at that age because she had okay. less of an understanding of what was happening. So yeah. um, this time, I really wanted them both there, and um, no regrets. It was just incredible. So, kind of the 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 labor was progressing nicely, and I didn't have any desire to even want to know where I was at and the last Mm -hmm. two births I was more curious like the midwife was there so I was like check me what am I at but I realized that that often can just lead to disappointment because it doesn't really mean anything um because you can go from two centimeters to 10 in a couple of hours um but it may have taken you hours and hours and hours to get to two centimeters so Mm -hmm. um I just had no desire this time to like need to know and to control the situation and um but I did as things were really getting intense, like I did um stick my fingers up and try and feel like where things were at, and I could feel the cervix, and I could tell it still wasn't fully dilated, but i could I could feel his head in the sack and um so amazing, just yeah. the most. Awesome feeling ever just knowing he's coming down. And um, I was in the pool for quite a lot of it actually. Um, and I just felt good laboring in the pool. And I had al- always had water births. So I just assumed that this one would again be another water birth. Um, mm. And I was just, you know, moaning and breathing through each contraction. And, you know, my friend would just hold an essential oil bottle at my nose when I needed it to just help ground me if I was feeling like a little bit overwhelmed and like I was wanting to tense, um, against the contractions rather than breathing into them. Um, and so I just had just the best support system around me. And then he was, you know, really traveling down fast and that that fetal ejection reflex was coming on again. Um, the urge to push was happening. Although I, I, I also couldn't exactly push. It was just Mm -hmm. like that urge where it was just descending. Um, And I knew, I knew that the rectal pressure was a real thing from the head. But but I think that part of me was feeling slightly conscious about the fact that if I poop in the water, my husband has to fish it out. Like the midwives did that at my other births. So if I poop, like that's my husband's job. And I think I was feeling slightly conscious about the fact that I was like, I don't know if I want yeah I I don't know know what I was feeling but this rectal pressure was so strong I was like oh I feel like I'm gonna just crap everywhere like I actually was like is this gonna be diarrhea in the pool I don't want my baby coming out in a pool of diarrhea yeah that's how it felt so I said I just I need to get out and go to the toilet I just need to poop and they were like, are you sure? Like, And then I was like, no, I know, I, I know it's his head, but it's also I think I need to poop as well. They were like, okay, we'll, we'll help you out. And so they helped me out of the pool, and, you know, I only had to walk a few steps to get to the toilet.
0: Okay. As
1: soon as I sat on that toilet, oh, my goodness, like the downbearing of that, the toilet bowl. Um, yeah. His head was coming fast. and I couldn't move I could not move and I couldn't speak and I was I look back at the video and I remember back to that moment and I was very conscious but I didn't look conscious to everyone around me so they were like Mm -hmm. what do you want to do Beck do you want to get back in the pool like what's happening and I just was I was just like oh like uh because his head is just
0: there's been too much energy to talk okay i could not talk
1: i couldn't say a thing but in my Mm -hmm. head i was like shut up just let me do my thing (laughs) stop talking to me just i can i can do this but i think that they were concerned that i was just literally going to have him in the toilet bowl um because i didn't look or seem to be conscious but i was i just could not vocalize anything um And so, you know, I was just like, oh, and then my doula said, you know, you can't get up, you can't get up. And I just remember I just shook my head and she goes, okay, and, you know, you hear the clicking in the video of her clicking the camera and um, taking photos and then all of a sudden his head pops out, just comes out. And at that moment I quickly stand up and I'm like, oh, his head's coming out and so it's it's there and at the same time the water breaks and I take a few steps forward Mm -hmm it was literally within five seconds after his water after his head comes out that his body starts following and I just lift him up standing right in front of the toilet with my husband by my side I was standing and I pulled him up and out and onto me and and it's just so funny um because I just I remember looking around and just looking down for so long and I'm looking at the floor because my waters broke at the same time there was blood there was like all the amniotic fluid, everything was just all around me and my husband's face of shock. Like, did that just happen there? <laughs> I was in shock. I was like, did I just pull my baby out there? I wasn't in the pool where I was supposed to be. Like what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Right now? yeah. And, um, and then I looked up and I saw my girl standing in front of me watching and I just had the biggest smile on my face. Like, did that just happen? Wow. And um, it was just, oh, it was just amazing. And then, and my, my photographer doula, she um, grabbed a towel because my husband was kind of stabilizing me. So she grabbed a towel to wrap around him. And she said, you know, do you want to sit down? So I I got down onto my knees because I was really shaky. Um, And, you know, then I was like, oh, it's a boy, it's a boy. Let's check. And I looked and saw that it was a boy. And I was just, I can never actually cry tears after birth. Like I'm so emotional, but I can't actually cry tears. So I'm like, yeah. oh, like this, but I'm not actually. crying. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I sat there for a minute, and then I thought, you know, can I get back in the pool so I can just sit down in the water? Um, and we got back in the birth pool, mm-hmm. and um, and Haven, Haven was like so excited about the fact that baby was here, and Caprice was a Caprice, it's interesting seeing their different personalities, so how they responded to what just happened. So Haven was, like, so excited and just wanted to come straight in and see the baby, but right before she came and said hi to the baby, she goes, I almost vomited, but I made it go back down.
0: (laughs) so she must
1: have like seeing everything just come out of me she must have like slightly vomited in her mouth but then swallowed it back down yeah so that was hilarious um and then she came straight over and was kissing his head and looking at him and caprice was a little bit more reserved like what just happened and like did this thing actually come out of mum? And is he like, is this like she's just a, she analyses everything and she's a thinker. So I think she was just processing, like, wow, this is actually how a baby comes to earth. Um, mm-hmm. And so she took a little bit longer, but then once she came over and saw him, she just realized it was a real life baby and yeah. um, was totally in love. But um, the water mm. in the birth pool was cooling down by then. So I was worried about him getting cold so we actually filled up the tub in my bathroom um with warm water and I I actually moved then to there and we we just waited in there and until my placenta was ready to come out so then I birthed the placenta in in that pool Um, I wanted it in a pool where it was less messy and all of that so um that's that was my birth
0: (laughs) that's amazing great yeah so um did he like did he cry right away or not cry but breathe or how was he did
1: he came out and actually I showed I so I went to my midwife for for a postnatal um just so I could get my birth certificate and everything she just wrote a certificate for us so she checked his vitals and all that like probably four weeks after he was born or three weeks um and um, i showed her a video of when he came out because she had to write down the Apgar scores um okay. and she put them as 10 out of 10 which i was like what does that mean but she said basically that he came out with great color and he responded straight away so he came out i just i i had him kind of slightly bent over forward, and then I just rubbed his back, but he was crying straight mm-hmm. away and had a really strong cry. So I wasn't mm-hmm. worried about any mucus, but I was prepared. Mm-hmm. Like, if I needed to suck any mucus out of his mouth, I would just put my mouth over his nose yeah. and mouth and suck it out and spit it out. Um, mm-hmm. but we didn't need to do anything like that, and mm-hmm. everything felt
0: great. So, um, yeah,
1: it was incredible. That's
0: amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. So two home births, well, three home births, but one was a mm-hmm. free birth. That's, yes. that's amazing. And um, how was the response, I would say, from uh, family and friends? Um, because there's, I think there's more talk about free birth nowadays, but there's also that stigma where people are like, oh, that's, that's scary, or like they yeah. consider it to be unsafe. So how was their reaction from your family? so
1: my family my 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 immediate family my mom my dad my sisters and my brother they are they all they know what I'm like they're like they they almost expect me to do something that Mm -hmm. seems really radical and against the grain so my mom did have concerns but she didn't voice them because she knew I was going to do what I want anyway and she knows that I Mm -hmm. I educate myself I'm I don't go into something without knowing what I feel like I need to know Um, but I said to her like how do you feel about me pre-birthing are you nervous at all and she goes oh I wouldn't lie like I, I am a little bit but I know that you know you're you're strong and you know yourself and she she's like I've seen you give birth at home before and I know that you're confident in that so um but she's like there is a part of me that's still a bit worried but she was amazing and they were all really supportive um my 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 husband's family we actually didn't tell them that we free birthed until after because we just didn't even want to go there we didn't want the criticism we didn't want the um you know all the things that um mostly coming from a place of fear. Like all the questions, right. well, what about this? And what about this? I just I I'm like not interested in filling my mind with the fear-based mm-hmm. stuff. I, I educate myself, but I'm not interested mm. in like creating fear. Um and I wasn't originally going to tell anyone else. I told some family sorry and some friends um but I wasn't originally going to tell anyone like on social media. And then I put up like a question box for people to ask me questions about birth. And someone asked if I was free birthing and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to tell it. I'm just going to what, yeah. say what it is and just be confident because I know that what I'm doing is the right thing and, and I'm confident in it. So I did share that and um, okay. I actually had a really good response. Um, and, you know, I was answering a lot of other questions at the same time. So it was an opportunity for me to share how educated I am. Um, and, uh, so I actually had a very, very good response. Um, I'm sure there were people quietly maybe judging, but, um, I didn't feel any of it, uh, personally. So,
0: yeah. I mean, like you said, you were, it doesn't matter what, what they think anyway, but that's good that you had a, you know, positive response to it. Um, so thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would want to add that you would want people to know or any advice or anything like that?
1: You know, the main thing that I say to people, um, because I do have a lot of people that come to me asking for advice about birth, whether they decide to do that at home or not. Um, the biggest thing is that there is, there is a fear around birth, I think still where, because um, the medical system has treated it like a medical condition. Um, there is a fear around well, what if something goes wrong, but mm-hmm. we need to remember that we have been giving birth since the beginning of time. We were literally designed and created to give birth. We were made to do this. Our bodies were made to do this and it, it's, a, it's a physiological thing that happens that is so natural and without us even having to do anything our body just does it it knows what to do and so when we empower ourselves in that knowledge and not coming from a place of fear but coming from a place of hey no matter what happens like my body knows what it needs to do and I'm just going to support it in this situation um you can end up having a really beautiful birth, and so um, the main thing that I say to people is: first of all, you want to make sure that you shift your mindset from being fear-based to empowered and knowing that you mm-hmm. were created and designed to do this. And then, secondly, write down like what are the things that you want out of your birth. Like, get really clear on the type of birth you want, and that will be different for everyone. But get really clear on what you want in an ideal situation. Don't think about the what ifs; just think about what you want that would make you happy, that would make you feel respected and empowered in, in your birth, that would make you walk away from birth feeling like, oh, that was good, that's what I wanted it to be. And then and then, surround yourself with people that want to respect you and support you in those wishes because having a supportive birth team is just as important as knowing yourself what you want because, um oftentimes you could want something but then when you're in it you're vulnerable you're in pain you don't realize like how Um, hard it is and then you can be um you you especially if if you are in a hospital situation you don't have someone to stand up for what you're wanting there can be things pushed on you that necessarily you wouldn't want but in that moment of vulnerability you're like okay do whatever and I've seen that happen with friends and They regret it later because they think, did I really need that intervention? And had they had someone there to go, no, this isn't necessary, Um, we're going to keep doing it this way and really advocate for them, Mm. so, so important. And so that's why I really advocate for having a doula because the doula can be your advocate um, when you are in a vulnerable position. And honestly, like, husbands think that they can advocate for their wives, but when they're watching their wife in pain, they're not strong either.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and they don't realize what will happen until exactly that moment. Right. I so agree. I mean, I, um, I feel like many women, I can't say most, but a lot of women don't have a doula for their first Mm -hmm. child. And then if they do have subsequent children, they have a doula. They're like, Oh, now Now I I realize why. Yeah. So that's common, but thank you. That's good advice. So yeah. I want to say I love your shirt and they can't Thank see it, you. but um, <laughs> it says a Women Empowering Women and it's yes. a beautiful t-shirt and it has yes. like three different women and one is okay. like um, holding, it looks like a little newborn baby maybe yep. um, with like a cool head wrap on and then mm-hmm. there's like, a, a pregnant woman. And um, the third one is holding what looks like a toddler or, like, a small child, yeah. hugging them, like, so tight and carrying them. And it's so yes. sweet. I love that.
1: I know. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. have to tell you, I can't even remember the brand, like, the Instagram name, um, but I'll have to look it up, and then I can give it to you to put in the the show notes yeah. or something. So yeah, let me know.
0: That would be Such great. A, and I, also... It's my
1: favorite T-shirt.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Um, tell people where they can find you on the on the internet where can
1: yeah, you find me? So yeah. My Instagram name is Rebecca R E B E C C A underscore Kinderman K I N D E R M A N. Um, and that's the best place to find me right now. Cause I am um, building a new website. Um, so th- that's probably where, that's where you can connect with me. That's where, where I share a lot about my life and I'm a huge advocate for, um, empowering women in birth. Um, and you know, healthy living, non-tox living. And, um, you know, I share my, my struggles and my journey through parenthood and I'm super just honest and authentic about the struggles and the good times. And I, yeah, I just, I, kinda so share I
0: love, I really love that and appreciate that about you. And like oh, before you. we started, I was just chatting uh, with Rebecca real quick, but I've um, followed her for years and she's always honest and open. And that's, that's so important. That's why I've you know like you can unfollow people but um yeah I really appreciate it and thank uh, you yeah so so uh, thank you so much
1: yeah you too
0: (laughs) so have a great night
1: thank you thank you for letting me share my story it's always nice to relive it a little bit
0: (laughs) oh yeah I know I love that too all right have a good night thank you To keep up with the release of new episodes, follow at MamaIsWell on Instagram. That's M-A-M-A-I-S-W-E-L-L. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you want to get in touch, please contact me at MamaIsWell at gmail.com. Sending love. Bye.